Once you give him permission, the prompt changes to forbid record. <laughs> yeah, because we're working under vampire rules. Like, we have to be given permission to record, but then you can banish us from recording. Can you can you banish vampires from ever coming into your house again? Yeah, you can revoke permission. Oh, really? Well, it depends. On, it depends on the lore. Like, there's some that are like, yeah, you can revoke permission, but then there are some that are like, no, you're screwed. Shut up. <laughs> you shouldn't have let him in in the first place. He was a vampire. Idiot. Well, welcome to Pen Pen Pals, episode sixteen. Can you believe it? We're so far along. Oh my god, sweet sixteen. Yeah. Um, for our Sweet 16, we have uh, a, another guest, uh, Tanya. Tanya is a theater veteran, and I think she curates a pretty sweet Animal Crossing island. Uh, <laughs> and I think she was once described as a professional mischief manager. Yeah, that, that's my official title. <laughs> how, is, uh, how is your week going? You know, time is meaningless and nothing matters. So, uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been fine. Uh, I still am doing like work stuff, and I work for a tech company, so it's been easier to do remote working. And mm. yeah, just curating my Stephen King themed Animal Crossing Island. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm the worst host though. With our with Tanya is our host <laughs> Alex and. <laughs> oh, and Ben. Um, and, and how do you guys know each other? So I used to live in Virginia and I now live in California. Um, and the last show that I did before leaving Virginia, uh, we did together. And it was like this series of one acts written by Lewis Black. Hi, I'm Lewis Black. I would normally use bad words here. But since anyone of any age might see this, I can't. Just know that I am thinking them. And... Uh, they were definitely written probably on drugs. Yeah. Like, I still, <laughs> to this day, cannot tell you what those shows were about. Yeah, there's some symbolism, but it kind of falls apart in each show. You're like, I think this means this, but by the end of it, you're like, I don't know if it means that anymore. <laughs> I played a character named Mirage, and he played a character named Radio. Was there a lot of, like, angry yell ranting? Yeah, the main character in ours. <laughs> uh, Larry. Larry, well, no, that was the actual actor's name. Uh, Booney. Oh, Booney. That's right. That's right. Old Booney. Old Booney. He was an alcoholic driver. And the question of the show basically was, was he dead? Was he alive? No one knew. (laughs) Is Mirage a Mirage? Is Radio literally the radio? Is he alone out here in the desert? Yeah. And then Mirage and Radio, like, (laughs) fell in love and ran away. (laughs) I was on roller skates for most of the show. That was, that was a good time. Very impressive. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> like on a like elevated stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was on roller skates for Mr. Show. And then there was like, because I was a, a roller skating car hop. And uh, there was one part where like Alex and Larry had a little aside and I went off stage and I changed into this ball gown. And my favorite night was the night where something got skipped. And I didn't even have time to unlace my roller skates. And so I just roller skated back on. But unfortunately, my next bit of blocking was to walk downstairs. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I just kind of sat in the back of our quote unquote car. And I was like, well, you boys are going to wait for me to take my roller skates off before we do anything else. <laughs> and I like made the audience wait while I took my roller skates off. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best in the moment performances I've ever seen. Very real. It was either that or have you carry me down the stairs, which I'm sure you would have done, but still. Far less dramatic, though. And we don't want to go all officer and a gentleman. This is terrible. Yeah, you're a radio. So let me ask you about, do you have any history with anime? Uh, have you? Did you grow up on anything like Sailor Moon or Pokemon or uh, Gundam or? I actually have almost zero history with anime. Um, I know you and I have watched a couple episodes of some things um and like i guess the closest thing to anime that i really got was watching avatar the last airbender and that was just like last month (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't really have a big history of anime uh i guess the closest thing i got was my friend drew me as a sailor moon character (laughs) oh that's super cool (sighs) i was gonna say really quickly too have you seen the play the cake by any chance 
I have not, but um, someone did it around here. I'm in the Bay Area specifically, and someone did it recently around here, and I heard that it was really good, but I was unable to see yeah. it. I was in a show when it was running, so I couldn't see it. I'm living in Atlanta, and one of the, the theaters did it here, and it's, I think, only like six characters or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's a relatively small cast. But, it, but it's kind of lesbian love story set in the South, so... <laughs> Right up my Might alley. Might be a little bit of inspiration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the memes right lately where everything is cake. So this makes sense. Uh, I turned to my wife today and said something and then I realized she was just cake. <laughs> <laughs> this is a new level of uh, memeing. I'm so old. I don't get these young person things. Yeah, you know, the six month age difference between you and I really like, that's a, <laughs> that's a huge. Apparently, because you're cool and hip and I'm the doddering old fool. okay ben how is the pen pen pals podcast uh uh any recommendations this week anything you're going through well so i did get around to watching this youtube lecture series this guy brandon sanderson he's like a sci-fi fantasy author i actually haven't read any of his stuff on a recommendation started watching this kind of lecture series that's like all about how he thinks about like characters and plots and world building. And then he also has a podcast called Writing Excuses that's kind of these little weekly 15-minute talks about writing with two friends who are also kind of genre fiction writers focused mainly on sci-fi, fantasy, and horror. What about the uh, Peapod update? It is slow going this week. No real progress on anything. Uh, I'll have a few more Roma tomatoes before I'm sure that plant inevitably dies. Because it's cooling off and it won't be super warm, I'm planning to plant the other uh, crop of peas. So maybe we'll have some more Peapods before this podcast is over. Are you turning into Thoreau? Are you just going to live in a cabin and what can you learn from your peas and what can peas learn from you? I was going to say no because Thoreau was, what do you call it? Was uh, annoying. Supported. <laughs> <laughs> no, supported by his mom or his aunt or something. But my mother did help me with the garden. So, yes, I so am turning Thoreau. into Thoreau. So, I will become a translucent floating eyeball right that that was his he wanted to like walk through nature without touching it like only observing oh yeah you just yeah leave nothing take nothing yeah the 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 eyeball thing (laughs) oh yeah that eyeball thing that everyone knows of in great literature you know last time on married with avas Gendo and Kozo took another trip for two, this time by helicopter. Kaji got another listing in his Pokedex of Spies when he encountered a wild cat lady. Shinji lost a play duel with Toji because he can't stop fucking staring at Rei. Rei notices the staring, but seems unperturbed. Asuka faked an assault on Kaji's voicemail. Gendo stopped by his wife's grave to pay his respects and to unintentionally reinvigorate Shinji's study of the cello. Misato, Ritsuko, and Kaji attended a wedding with an open bar. Misato and Kaji walking home drunkenly. Shinji participated in a lung-imploding first kiss with Asuka, who seems to be developing complicated feelings for Shinji, as her attempts on Kaji are thankfully rebuffed. Rei got a day off class to hang out inside a tube, and Kaji showed Misato what goes on at Nerve after hours. This humble host certainly hopes we take a break from symbolism and psychological revelations, When will we get back to giant monster combat? Let's find out. This time on The Sickness Unto Death, and then... While in battle, Shinji and Unit 01 are engulfed in the spreading shadow of an angel. As Nerf fears them both lost, Shinji has a strange experience. What if we had just, like, watched the whole thing and recorded ourselves while watching the whole thing in like one day. We could do that too. We could do that when this is over, if you like. I'll edit it down. I'll just send you an empty file and you're like, I edited it all out. <laughs> it's, it's not worth it. <laughs> are we, we're watching the intro or are we skipping the intro? No, we're watching the intro. Oh. Okay, just want to make sure. Uh, and there may be some singing happening. You never know. Oh, <laughs> I'm like looking forward to that.
Become legend, young boy. That's my favorite lyric, if you couldn't tell. That's good. Sounds good. I'm honestly just here for your uh, intro music dance. The song is different again. It's like in a different key or something. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, it's like lower or like darker or something. Like there's that rumbling piano in the background. I hadn't caught that before. That's interesting. They changed the color. Then this time they changed the music. I'm going to go pee and grab coffee if anybody wants to uh, uh, maintenance themselves. Be right back. <laughs> okay. Were you going into this episode like cold? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's how I like to. That's how I like to roll. Yeah, yeah. I don't like to know anything about anything. That that is great. <laughs> All right. So uh, that that was the the episode. And uh, while you're gone, Alex, just learned from Tanya that this is the first episode of Evangelion she's ever watched. I'm I'm curious what your uh, your first impressions are. Just like going into that cold. Or first, what what about this? Just like try to explain what is going on. Okay, so what happened in this episode was I there are I suppose three pilots of these bigger robot suits that need a uh, electric car outlet attached to something <laughs> or they'll die yep. in six hours. And feisty redhead McGee. Uh, is just angry at the world all the time, forever. Um, and then Shinji got sucked into the shadow vortex and was down to like no time on his 16 hours of life support. And he was going to die. And then a monstrosity creature, who I assume is an Ava. Mm-hmm. Because there's angels and Avas. Mm-hmm. I guess that was an Ava. It like busted through the shadows orb and was like, bah. And uh, secret science lady was like, oh no, we're doing shadowy things that we're not going to tell anybody about. And maybe we're starting to have doubts about these shadowy things, which is like, you know, what always happens. Uh, and they rescued Shinji and... Yeah, it only took him five minutes to go crazy in the shadow vortex. Because dang, yo, dang. Spot on. And, and what do you what do you think is like going on in the world in general, or like what would be your guesses at the overall plot from watching this? I would suppose that uh, there's some sort of elite force that pilots these big robot things, and I I'm gonna assume they're the good guys, and that they kind of protect the city or something and they've got a female general who is in charge of the pilots and then there's a science team who's doing shadowy science things and then there's the three pilots themselves so you've got shinji you've got feisty redhead girl and then you've got girl who never really says anything with blue hair mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone's really skinny that's true way too skinny even the robots right the avis themselves i was like did what uh do we, does anybody have bones or we just <laughs> no bones just no bones in in bodies we don't have we don't have room for bones no in the distant future of 2015 they do not have enough food so everyone's way that, too skinny that makes sense that makes sense although i will say everybody's way too skinny but the women still have ample bosoms which is you know the point, right? Yeah, well, I, that's a that's a continuing uh, uh, point of discussion. I mean, what what are women without our ample bosom? <laughs> I don't know, people, I guess. <laughs> What's the point of us if we don't have a good rack? Sure, sure. I don't know. Yeah. Like, we do see like more <laughs> naked Shinji than almost anyone. So. Oh. Well, that's interesting to know. So uh, we go over this again and again, and I just think it's so fascinating every time is that there are, there were two camps within the production studio. And one of them was trying to make a commentary on the sexualization of 
uh, especially young bodies. And the other was trying to sexualize young bodies to sell this shit. Yeah. Like, this is what you get when those two people get together, I guess. Well, and I, I know that that's kind of a continuing thing in anime is like the body structure, especially of the women. And then there's like fan service and like all that stuff. And I, as, as a, as a raging feminist, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am aware of those uh, issues. And I, it wasn't that I didn't expect it. I, in fact, had, had the women been normal proportions, I would have been like, are we sure this is anime? I don't understand. I think, yeah, there's, there's something with the latest Final Fantasy some controversy with that, that like one of the first characters you meet is just like a super hot naked lady. Yes. Like naked for no reason. That's when I quit the game. Hmm. For the first five minutes of the game, you have to hold a button so that your party pushes a car. Yeah, and then when you get to the shop to get the car fixed, it was just very disappointing. So then I was like, cool. Uh, I waited however many hours to install this game and now I'm immediately going to uninstall it. So Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll bring in my favorite game of all time, Horizon Zero Dawn, which is one of the best depictions of a woman in video games that I've ever seen in my entire life. Because her body makes sense. Like, she's muscled. She is always clothed. Like, she looks like a like she would like a real person would had they gone through the training and stuff that she's gone through and like she's a feisty independent female character and I'm like we make all video game characters then? No? Okay, great. Can't fight metal dinosaurs without clothes. <laughs> yes, that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be climbing through the Arctic wilderness half naked <laughs> with your boobs jiggling about. It gets in the way of fighting metal monsters. Tell that to Conan, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, fair, fair. Okay, so Shinji starts this episode out feeding Misato breakfast, right? And he's using a new broth that he got from Ritsuko. We get a, the very opening shot is from inside or underwater. And we get the same kind of shot at the end. And it's reminiscent of the the ending music too, because that's kind of the shot that's behind the moon is a, a, a watery effect. And Asuka berates the two of them, which, God, I love Asuka. Like, she's so yelly and sometimes quite annoying, but I adore Asuka. Spicy redhead. Yeah, ab- yes. Okay, yeah. All about yeah. it. Wasn't she mad at the beginning because there wasn't hot water for her shower? She said the water was too hot. What? No woman in the history of showers <laughs> has ever said that the water's too hot. I'm going to call shenanigans on that because it is a common knowledge and that she... women like scalding hot <laughs> so i think it's a bath and i think shinji drew her bath for her in the morning and she's complaining to him that the water is too hot never let someone else draw your bath <laughs> uh, and i don't know what the word is in japanese obviously but asuka uses a word that i'd never heard before and it's a really fascinating one intropunitive which means tending to blame or inflict punishment on oneself. So the word of the day, ladies and gentlemen, is intrapunitive. Go out and use it in a sentence at one point this week. Use it the next time you feel bad about yourself. <laughs> Try to remember what oh, that... Oh, so in two minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was like a like fake word in an earlier episode. Do you remember that? A fake word? Yeah, there's like some word. I mean, if you're Shakespeare, there's no such thing as a fake word. Yeah. It's just words you've created. And biggins? Hmm. Never heard that word before I moved to Springfield. I don't know why. It's a perfectly cromulent word. The only validity in a word is that the speaker and the hearer, the listener, have some shared understanding of its meaning. That's the only thing. All right. We got to create one new word before this podcast is over. I like it. Oh, and Asuka complains that uh, Misato is like getting into a lewd relationship with Kaji. She denies it. And then Kaji leaves a, you know, sitcom timing voicemail. Like you deny something and then the voicemail clicks on immediately. Just great timing. Uh, we do the another harmonics test and uh, Shinji makes number one. But aren't, aren't there only three pilots? There are three pilots. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, to me, being number one, I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, good job. It's not like you beat out, like, a hundred pilots. I don't know. Like, yes, it's cool being number one, but also, like, it's a very small pool size. <laughs> yeah. 
but Shinji's new to the game. That's why Asuka is mm. so mad is that she's been the best forever. And then, and she's been like training, seems like pretty much like her whole life or something like that. Mm. And then he just like jumps in this thing and a couple months later, now he's the best. That's a, that's a typical male for you. Mm. Yes. <laughs> you get this. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, but they, uh, he gets it. He gets this rating and then he gets a little bit of praise from Masato and we're coming off of the one sentence of praise his father's ever given him a couple episodes ago. And immediately his like confidence turns in turns his masculinity his budding masculinity toxic yeah he says while they're in they're about to go fight the angel at the beginning and uh he says and fighting is a man's job right and like what oh where have yeah. you been <laughs> i clocked that really quickly and i was just like can the redhead punch him now like i just want her her big suit to punch his big suit that's all i want thankfully the angel gives him an immediate comeuppance right like he fucks up immediately yeah. immediately yeah ray is awesome because she <laughs> like she listens when asuka is uh complaining she listens <laughs> like listens politely and then says goodbye like a jerk would just leave the room right but she specifically right. waits for asuka to stop talking says goodbye and then walks away which i feel is actually a shadier move <laughs> Like, because it's like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, well, what you said literally means nothing to me, so goodbye. Like, if you just, like, walked away, like, whatever. But I feel like it's shadier to actually, like, let her vent all this stuff and then just have, like, a really passive face and then, like, be like, bye. What you said means nothing. The glasses-wearing technician tells Masato she looks tired. Women love being told they look tired in the workplace, right? Oh, absolutely. If one of my male coworkers doesn't tell me I look tired at least once a day, how do I know that I'm working hard enough? Also, then like clearly I need more makeup. So I immediately run to Sephora and get $100 worth of makeup to like cover the tiredness. And Ritsuko does not back her up, right? She doesn't like hit the technician on the back of the head for the shitty thing right. he just said. She says, oh yeah, right. is, you do look tired. Is that because of Kaji? Yeah, this is this is funny because you know I'm I'm doing a Doctor Who rewatch. Mm. Minor Doctor Who spoiler, but this is like one of Tenet's episodes, so I don't feel bad because <laughs> um, it's like 12 years ago. He, he tells the prime minister, he's like, I could bring you down with like a sentence after she like does something horrific and she kind of like rolls her eyes and then he just walks over to her aide and he whispers in her ear ear doesn't she look tired then everyone is like oh does she have health concerns like whatever whatever and like it starts like this press media thing where it's 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 fascinating and true and i don't necessarily know that they were just doing it like to women like any politician if you're like oh don't they look tired then you start to question like their mental capacity and how the job's wearing on them and blah 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 blah. but it's so damaging and it does happen more to women like when they're like she looks tired i'm like oh shut up Agreed. this is life and death situations she's allowed to look stressed and tired yes <laughs> the fact that you don't look tired means you're not working hard enough for eyes get it together and more projection, right? He's very tired. And so he projects that. <laughs> like, don't look at me and my tiredness. Ooh. Okay, and then we get this shot of a random car on the street and a shadow growing from under it. And that becomes our next angel attack. Uh, so the angel's called Leliel or Leliel. And it means the jaws of God or the angel of the night. Its body is like hundreds of meters wide, but it's only three nanometers thick and it acts as a kind of gateway into a pocket dimension containing a Dirac sea, which is this high concept theoretical physics thing, or maybe it's not theoretical, I don't know. Thinking of a vacuum as instead of being empty, thinking of it as a infinite sea of negatively charged particles. Or, or particles with negative energy. The zebra ball, as they say in the episode, is not its actual, is not the body, that's the shadow. But it's a inverted shadow. Everything about this angel and everything about this episode, not everything, but a lot of things about this episode sort of invert things. 
flip them on their heads. Like, you know, Asuka was in first, now Shinji's in first. Shinji was feeling good about himself. Well, this thing takes that the other direction. It's like, oh, you should probably question who you are and if you're gonna die and all those things. It seemingly has limitless internal space. I don't know what happens to the buildings and the skyscrapers that it swallows up, but I assume they're like dissolved. And the only reason that the Ava survives is because it has an AT field, which can counteract the the anti-AT field or inverted AT field of this angel. The name comes from the Hebrew word uh, Lila or Layla, which means night. And there's this tradition coming from Rabbi Yochanan. He interpreted this passage in the Bible not to mean uh, night as a concept, but to personify night as the angel of night. So that's where it first comes from in the first uh, the first centuries uh, CE. It is the only angelic name with female characteristics. And it's the only angel specifically described as having female characteristics, even though it's still mentioned as a uh, male in most uh, literature about it. And so, oh, and so, it's the angel in charge of conception. So it's said to take a drop of semen and then place it in front of God and then God judges it and then it takes it back to the womb for conception. Uh, Layla commands souls from the Garden of Eden to enter embryos and then educates the unborn. Then get this, at the moment of birth, it strikes the child above the lip, wiping its pre-life memory and creating the mark uh, below the nose, above the lip that most humans have. Uh, a lot of animals, dogs have it. And then it's said to be the polar opposite of Lilith, who's said to, you know, the Lilith, the first wife of Adam, who's said to waste seed. Uh, and interestingly, there's an Arabic word, Layla, uh, which also means night, and Lilith and Layla come from the same root. Uh, when Hebrew is written, it doesn't write vowels. It doesn't have uh, markings for them. So L-Y-L, uh, or I think it's Lamed, Yod, Lamed, both of those can be Layla or Lilith. Isn't that bizarre? There's an angel for everything. Like, <laughs> that was the original, there was an app for that. There's an angel for that. <laughs> like, that place underneath your nose, there's an angel for that, don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess after they see the angel, they launch all of the Avas. Asuka is still feeling salty, and she kind of goads Shinji, where says that, you know, like, Shinji should do it unless he's afraid or whatever. You know, we see him kind of get angry at her. As we said before, that's when he says his thing about, you know, like, of course I'll do it. I mean, that's what men are supposed to do the fighting, right? <laughs> to which Asuka gets mad and, and tells him that's an old fashioned way of thinking. Meanwhile, the adults are just like sitting there in the bay, just being like, what are these kids doing? <laughs> yeah, just... that was another question I had. How old are these pilots? 14. 14, yeah. What the F? Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's cool. 14 year olds? Yeah, let's let them pilot this. This is great. <laughs> Good idea. And so, you know, they, they come up with, like, a plan all on their own, and Misato's like, fuck, I'm going to have to, like, nip this in the bud when this is over. So Asuka and Ray are supposed to be back up. Asuka gets held up because, you know, she runs out of room on one of her cords, and we see her switching cords. I thought that was super cool looking. Yeah, it is one of those, like, attention to detail things mm -hmm. that is like, I never would have thought of that. But So then Shinji kind of goes in alone, fires at the angel... You know, the, it disappears, um, and then the shadow appears underneath him and uh, starts absorbing him. So the shadow, the or the inverse shadow, the globe in the sky, it kind of acts like a an anglerfish. It gets you to focus on this thing that you think is its body, and as soon as you're, it realizes that you're focused on that, that's when it appears below you so that you're not looking at the ground. Mm. And, and there is a thing where then like Shinji is kind of staring up at it and like, you know, it has all these different shapes on it. And it seems like he gets like freaked out mm. right after like looking at this. So I don't know if there's supposed to be something about those patterns on it too that's um, 
harmful or something. Yeah, cool patterns. I didn't look up who designed this one, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was Anno. He designs all the really inhuman things that don't seem like they could be alive. So it swallows Shinji up. It swallows the Ava 01 up, and immediately everyone freaks out. Uh, Ray fires at it. Asuka uh, runs up to help, but then has to mount a big building to keep herself from being swallowed up. Yeah, and then you like she jumps up, and you think she's safe. And then you see the building itself is is sinking down mm. and she has this kind of like rock climbing scene. Yeah. So like how many people were in this building that just like disappeared? Like that, what is that, that was one of my <laughs> questions during all of this. I was like, how many people in this city just died? And like, we don't, we don't, we don't talk about it. It's interesting. Most of the time there is this kind of emergency evacuation and the, so the buildings actually collapse down. They kind of invert. But it seems like they don't do any of that stuff this time. Well, can you can you do that invert when the shadow's on the ground, though? I don't know. Probably not. But also, like, at that point, I don't know. I feel like, you know, this is clearly episode 16. So this has been going on for a while. Uh, if you live in that city, that's on you <laughs> at this point, I guess. <laughs> like, you should have moved. Just move away. It's like when you It's like when you live in, like, Tornado Alley. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, a tornado. That's crazy. And, and I think that is true. <laughs> like they, they all go to this school and there's this thing at the beginning about like how everyone has moved away. And I think like the people who are still there are like the families of the scientists and, and stuff like that. Right. So this might be the, the kind of the people directly involved in this defense effort or whatever. So it's just one of those like atomic testing cities where it's just like the the scientists and their families. Yeah. The the building they go to school in, the school, I guess, they have a full building, but there's only one classroom taken up, at least as far as you can see. Yeah, we see the city sinking into the shadows. Uh, Misato calls for Asuka and Ray to come back. And we establish that there's this ticking time bomb of 16 hours so that if Shinji doesn't move at all, he can survive for 16 hours, which I thought that was kind of cool that they put it like he still has a little bit of agency like if he cannot freak out and say still that can like help him stay mm. alive i love when masato calls them back the way they animate her facial expression she's just furious i i just love it she's so disappointed and they're really like playing up her like mom role this time so i think ritsuko kind of makes some comment about it and then you know, when Shinji is sinking into the shadow, he kind of calls out to her. But I guess like because he ha- she has become kind of his surrogate mom, that's where his mind goes. Yeah. So Ritsuko and Misato kind of brainstorm around the perimeter and then Rei and Asuka have a conversation. And I thought Rei was going to slap Asuka the way that she slapped Shinji in an earlier episode when he disrespected Gendo. But Asuka's complaining about Shinji and then Rei said... Ray's just like, uh, why do you do this? Why do you pilot an Ava? Is it to get praise from people? <laughs> and that just hurts yeah. Asuka's feelings very much. And she lashes out and says, no, it's, I, I, I praise myself. What? You sound <laughs> ridiculous. I thought that was a good comeback. She's like, no, I do it so I can praise myself, bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she just wants to, she, she's in it for herself. She's an independent, fiery redhead, and she don't need nobody else. So while they are desperately trying to think up a plan to get Shinji out of there, Shinji uh, reverts, like his confidence is shattered, and so he reverts to some of his depressive behavior he says, how could I be so tired just from sleeping? And that's like, if anyone's experienced depression, like, you'd be like, oh, I kind of just slept all day and I feel like shit. And you're like, yeah, of course you do. Yeah, uh, I think my, I think the, I think my favorite part is they, they mentioned that, it, and I don't know if it was before the scene or after the scene, but they mentioned that like, it's already been 12 hours. Mm. What were we all doing for 12 hours? And I guess now it makes more sense now that I know that he's 14. Mm-hmm. Because like, I was like, dude, you psychologically fell apart after 12 hours. You were supposed to be a pilot. I would assume that you had more mental clarity than that. But okay. We would hope. Yeah, I was just like, what? You, this is 12 hours. It's fine. It's fine. And as a depressive, like, I got it. But also I'm just like, yo, 
12 hours. But, but like, imagine being like, like your car, like drives into like the ocean or something. The ocean? Yeah, like, like you're, you're trapped underwater in a car for like 12 hours. I don't know. I'd be like freaking the fuck out. Well, I guess I guess the other thing is like I I don't know, and I like I know that like he can't do a lot because you know it'll deplete his uh, life support system if he does too much. But there's just no sense of him trying to do anything until like he's on like hour sixteen almost. So I don't know. I guess if I was trapped in something, I would probably try a few more things that's fair but i guess i guess it's also i guess he also assumes that the and rightly that the team is trying to do something to save him so he's just doing the waited out scenario but again now that i know that he's 14 now i can let that slide a little (laughs) bit more than i did when i was watching the show because i was like what are you doing (laughs) man you are a pilot get it together soon shinji freaks out and oh what they've been doing for 12 hours is prepping 992 nukes to uh, drop into the shadow. That's the plan Ritsuko comes up with. Sounds like a bad plan. And it is a great idea to denuclearize the entire planet or continent or whatever, but seems a little like overkill. I don't know, maybe you try a few and see if that does anything. Right. Here, here's, here's a conspiracy theory. It's an excuse to deplete those nukes for like what they're going to do afterwards oh and misato asks what will we do with the avas once the angels are all defeated if you don't have any nukes to deal with those avas wow i don't know someone's trying to take (laughs) over the world isn't someone always trying to take over the world isn't that like the point of the world (laughs) i I thought it was cooperation and shit no (laughs) (laughs) no we're living in the wrong world uh, Ritsuko, or Misato and Ritsuko get very mad at each other. Uh, I can't remember if one slaps the other, but they're- They do. They're dynamic. Because I was like, dang. Dang, girl. <laughs> they are, their dynamic is faltering. Uh, like, they generally work pretty well together. They cover each other's blind spots and uh, really play to their strengths. And they're both highly competent, like, very, very confident and uh, skilled professionals misato like she's losing it right shinji being inside this thing she thinks that they could lose shinji and she's starting to not act irrationally but like ritsuko thinks she's acting irrationally ritsuko's like you're not thinking straight this is the only option we have this is what i've come up with and this is what we're going to do and ritsuko says i don't know how she's pulling rank but ritsuko says that she's taking over the entire operation, taking Misato out of the equation because Misato should be in charge of all of this, anything Ava related. Yeah, and, and of course, I mean, the other thing that's going on is Misato just found out at the end of the last episode um, from Kaji that Ritsuko and Gendo have been lying to her um, about a number of things. And she's kind of giving Ritsuko an opportunity to come clean with her or kind of asking these questions in a probing way, um, enough so that we learn by the end of the episode that Ritsuko wonders if Misato is onto them. But but that's kind of the subtext going on there, right? Yeah. Misato has a very angry face again. So so we jump to back to Shinji, who um, you know, has finished his claustrophobia freak out, and now is just like full on hallucinating. Uh, Cause I guess that's what happens after 13 hours. <laughs> I think he like comes that close to death. I think the DMT hit in his brain that flashes <laughs> your life before your eyes, it like goes in hard. I sort of assumed that the hallucinations were based not only for the fact that he's been confined in this space, but also like, you know, when you're, when your life suit is slowly powering down, you start to lose more oxygen. Mm. And so I assumed that part of the hallucination, the hallucination was due to oxygen depletion because that's how my mind rationalized. <laughs> well, it makes sense. It doesn't have to be one thing, like the confluence of these right. things. So uh, I'm pretty sure like Shinji hallucinates a another him, a younger him, mm-hmm. right? A shadow version. And that's the angel uh, psychically communicating with him. 
like mm, they have a right. conversation, but it may be that it took him losing oxygen and getting to this hallucinatory state for the angel to be able to break through because their consciousness is much be so different. I don't know. Yeah. Well, so I like, I like one of the things that they brought up um, in his talking to himself state. It's the psychological idea that you have a different face with every single person that you know, because you know, Alex, I tell you things that I don't tell other people. And I, tell my mom things that I don't tell other people. And so everyone that you come in contact with, even though you don't necessarily try to be a different person around, you are a different person around. And so like he, like the him to him is like, oh, you're a different Shinji to so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And And, like, I've always been fascinated with that idea Mm. that even if it's just like a minute little detail um, or one little secret that you told someone that you didn't tell someone else, like everyone has a different perception of you. And so you do have a different face with everyone that you know. Yeah, great point. Yeah, something, something too, and I was just Googling this, so I don't know much about it. So there is this uh, Jungian idea of the shadow, um, and I think it's very similar to kind of how this, this thing that talks to him is talking to him. Um, so it's an unconscious aspect of the personality that the conscious ego does not identify in itself. And so it's mm-hmm. kind of uh, everything of which a person is not fully conscious. And, you know, since this angel is like a shadow, I feel like it might be kind of like trying to directly reference that. And so he might be talking with this kind of unconscious part of him that he doesn't understand. And and it's a little bit similar to that, like Ray, uh, that psychedelic Ray scene we had a couple of episodes ago where she's having an existential crisis. Um, So that same music plays and we have that same kind of fast paced dialogue, but like kind of a monologue. Mm. And I don't remember kind of exactly what was going on with the visuals with that. Something I noticed watching this one um, is there's kind of, we see like these white lines across the screen during a lot of that sequence. And kind of the one that seems to be the main Shinji is this vertical line. Mm -hmm. And then the line turns horizontal when he's like talking to this other Shinji. The shadow Shinji, like the like the shadow being horizontal on the ground and Shinji standing mm. upright. <laughs> I was also thinking that because, you know, you had talked about like the design of the orb, like the orb is black with these white lines. And then when Shinji is having this conversation with himself, it's all black with these white lines. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Misato is the cross, like her cross earrings, her necklace or whatever. And, and then when we hear Kaji giving him phrase, which I think now we've seen in like flashback form like twice. <laughs> so it's more in, in Shinji's imagination this point than kind of it actually happened. Um, there it's like a vertical line, a horizontal line, another vertical line, almost like a, a lightning bolt. You're brilliant. I was gonna ask what, why, we know why Misato's is the cross. Uh, why is, he, or why is Gendo the, the not squiggly line, but you're right, it's a lightning bolt. Because Gendo is, well, is symbolically like, uh... Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I killed Alex. Uh, yes, exactly, Harry Potter. No, he's like, um, God, the patriarchal Yahweh, the patriarchal God. And so, and the lightning bolt is that, is, is a symbol of that, uh, that goes down through storytelling ages. Like Superman's S on mm. his chest is a lightning bolt, right? It's, ugh. man, hmm. you just hit it on the head. You're brilliant. Yeah, I guess it's easy. Well, no, you're brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one connecting that dot. But I wouldn't have gotten there. Anyways, uh, this is why we do things together. I don't know if we learned this before. Shinji can't swim. That's cool. Yeah. And then I, I was thinking back, we were like making fun of him. There's this scene in an earlier episode, Tanya, where like the the two other pilots are at the swimming pool, like swimming. And he's just like sitting at a desk, like typing, like doing his homework. And it's like, that's a weird place to do your homework. And then it's like, oh, he can't swim. That's why he's not swimming. Well, it's so funny because, like, I they just kind of threw that in there of like you don't know how to swim, 
And I I just last night watched Walk Hard <laughs> for like the first time, that like crazy zany comedy. And like one of the things that like they really like harp on is that he can't smell. And like it's like this whole thing where he's like, I can't smell. Like it's like this like huge, like they are over dramatic thing. And like just the fact that like randomly he was like, and I can't swim. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> can you smell though? Yes, he can smell blood. <laughs> Only blood. <laughs> oh forever uh we also see that he loves i think he loves trains because he runs whenever he runs away he gets on a train and rides it uh when he imagines himself talking to a younger version of himself they're on a train having this conversation and i gotta say i also love trains i did not know that about you well, it's a recent development. I used to love cars. Now I love trains. <laughs> big train guy. Is it just because you, like, as you've grown grown up, you need bigger and bigger forms of transportation? Oh, no, I want, on? I need more communal forms of transportation. Ah, I see. It was buses for a while. <laughs> I'm going to have to start, I'm going to have to start getting you little train models now. Oh, no, please don't. I need to minimize no. my material impact. Nope. That's it. You're you're forever in my mind a train oh, person great. now. Congratulations. What have I done? <laughs> so so I guess uh, we jump back to Ritsuko and you know maybe after getting slapped by Misato, she's decided to try to speed things on a little bit so that Shinji could theoretically be alive still by the time they they do this. Doesn't she push it up to like an arbitrary like 12 minutes or something? We've been waiting for 16 hours. Love it. She's like, yeah, we'll give him 12 more minutes. And then uh, we, sorry, there was a bug. That was Um, amazing. I hope you got it. I didn't. So we go back to Shinji. He is kind of giving up. He curls into the fetal position. And we get this thing that like we've talked about before, how you almost never have like still shots in this which like a lot of TV anime at the time, you would just have like, you know, just like a still shot of someone, like maybe even while they're like talking or walking just to save money. Mm. And here we have, it's not completely still. They still put these like little subtle movements on it, but basically a single frame for a long time. And and I kind I of- I thought it, I'd accidentally paused it. <laughs> Yeah, and it it does really, like, jump out at you, kind of just, like, how still it is. Um, And there's just kind of this, like, almost church hymnal kind of music playing in the background. Yeah, and then he gets this, like, visitation. He not imagines himself. Like, it shows him nude, right? Uh, And then this... Uh, also nude, ethereal, looks like adult woman passes into him or passes through him. And he says, mom. Uh, and then he, we get one last little thing of dialogue where it looks like a young Shinji maybe talking to his mother with her face obscured. Yeah. He's holding this little red ball in his hand, which is the... Didn't we see like the power was going out? Things were failing on his suit. Uh, I think there's a little red light. And so I think mm. that's his mother or his spirit of his mother or something giving it back to him, giving him the energy he needs, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. One, one thing I was just thinking as we were talking through it again, so at the end of Ray's freak out in that similar scene, she sees like herself floating like right at her, this kind of ghostly version of herself, gives her like a creepy smile kind of Mm. from her POV. And again, we have like a spirit kind of swimming towards someone um, kind of through them in this case. So we go back outside of the angel and we see that Asuka and Rei have gotten into their Avas and there are, there's a whole fleet of planes flying overhead ready to drop these nukes into the shadow. and then something starts happening. Oh, the ground, the well, the shadow, not the fake shadow in the sky, but the, the real angel body on the ground. It starts like turning red and cracking. And then, oh, uh, the, the fake, the shadow in the sky shifts to all black, almost like 
like that becomes the real body, right? Like it's forced to take up that position in the sky instead of on the ground. And then this arm reaches through and Ava 01 in berserk mode, cause you can see its jaws are all uh, open. Like it starts tearing its way out. Uh, and I thought this was really reminiscent. I don't know if this is what they were going for, but I'm gonna send you guys something so you can look at it real quick. It looked like this Salvador Dali painting called Geopoliticus, mm. a child watching the birth of the new man. And this scene mm. is like, you know, Shinji, he doesn't quite die, but he dies, right? And then he has this rebirth, which is a, 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 a repeated theme in the show. They had it in the first angel encounter where he goes unconscious and the Ava takes over and he's kind of reborn again. Uh, and they do it again. And I think it's this, I think it's a, re- a direct reference to the Salvador Dali painting. It looks real cool. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, like, and there's a lot of weird womb imagery and stuff like that, right? And and this is kind of, he's in the fetal position within its Ava. And then like the Ava is also like stuck in this like thing. And then it's emerging from that. I'm just connecting the dots too, that they're all connected to these cords that are kind of like, it's a little bit like umbilical imagery. Well, and didn't you say, Alex, that this angel that they're like dealing with, wasn't that like the angel of birth and creation? And Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so gross. Yeah, it's sh- when it yeah, bursts babies out. are gross. Babies are soft-skulled, fat little germ sacks, and now we've all been exposed to that one's bacteria. It uh, showers Tokyo 3 in what I describe as a lifetime supply of blood. Uh, uh, Most of the characters are standing there or inside their avas or whatever, staring at what's happening. And it's funny, there's been a lot of conflict in this episode, right? Like Rei and Asuka are arguing. Well, Asuka's arguing with Rei and Rei just doesn't give a fuck. Uh, Misato and Ritsuko are at odds. Shinji's kind of at odds with himself. But now in this moment, because of this like vulgar display of power kind of, or this like really disturbing, fascinating imagery, they're all staring up at this scene and they're kind of all on the same page. Each of them is thinking, is this what they are? Asuka thinks like, is this what I'm inside of? Am I piloting one of those things? Ritsuko thinks, what did we create? And Misato says, "Is that's what they really are. Now I see. It's not a robot, it's a goddamn monster, and I need to figure what, out what this is. So they're not thinking exactly the same thing, but it's funny that they're kind of all yeah. alone together in that thought. And, and it's interesting, they do this thing where uh, Ritsuko says something like, is this what we created copies of? And that's like a reveal. This is like, we're like first learning, oh, maybe Avis are the copy of angels. And then instantly Misato's like, I know you're lying. I know that these aren't just copies of angels. So it's kind of like dramatic reveal and then like immediately like kind of undercutting it and creating like this new mystery that there's still like another layer that we're going to find out about. Right, and kind of hinting that Ritsuko's in the know, at least more than Misato, but she doesn't understand it completely either. So Shinji's alive. Ava 01 is a monster and it tears itself out. And then Shinji's like, I don't know if he's conscious or on the verge of unconsciousness when they get him out of the plug. And Misato's in tears. She's so happy that they didn't lose him. Just re- really quick before we get there, you mentioned somewhere at the beginning of the episode, there was like kind of like a rippling water thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, and that, I think that's the shot right before. When Shinji's coming out of his fugue state, I guess, right before he sees Masato in front of him, he has this vision of being underwater, which is kind of the same as the opening shot of the episode and is similar to the um, uh, the ending or the, the outro music. But, so what was it at the beginning of the episode? Was it just like a shot of the soup or something like that? Uh, it was the bathwater, Asuka's mm. bathwater. I think that's the first shot of the episode, how it opens is with that. And then it reveals the, the faucet dripping and then it shows Asuka. And then we go back out to the living room with the, the sitcom music. But yeah, yeah. so we do, we do see that kind of right before um, Misato comes in and starts crying. And you were saying something before and I cut you off. Uh, <laughs> oh, I wrote, uh, when Misato wonders all these things about the angel, I wrote, Misato does my job for me because she poses questions for a later episode. 
Misato's very happy that he's not dead. She's crying. And Asuka says, this is like the third time I've watched this episode. And until this time, I thought she was like surface level saying, oh, I thought you were going to scold him. But she's being snarky, right? She's like, I thought you were going to scold him. Yeah. Yeah. Asuka is so awesome. (laughs) She's flawed like the rest of us. She's trying to make it in a man's world. God damn it. She's just she's just working in the system in which she has to. Yeah. I don't know if these are the same cicada sounds, but we get cicada sounds again as we uh, meet up with Gendo. Ritsuko talks to Gendo about the Avas and wonders uh, wonders if Masato is onto them. And Gendo, like every problem, just kind of waves it away. He's like, ah, it's fine. Like when he's talking to the SEAL Council, and they have concerns, he's like, ah, it's fine. When Kaji is a double agent, he's like, ah, it's fine, whatever. It'll all work itself out. There's no use in trying to change the course of time. We're all going to the same endpoint. Because I've never seen the show, when you say SEAL Council, I really like that <laughs> it's just a council of SEALs. And like they're just barking at him, and he's like, "It's fine, it's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it." Play with your balls. It's fine. It sound good. <laughs> it's funny. I I also imagined that they had those balls that they were balancing on their noses. <laughs> yeah. The prototypical seal. They're just not even paying attention. Yeah. If I meet a seal and they don't have that, I'm gonna be very upset. Oh well, then I won't take you down to the wharf at San Francisco because uh, they're just chilling. They don't have balls. And when Ritsuko's with Gendo, we get two more teases. So she wonders if if the Avas are really on their side, you know, so mm. there's this idea that maybe they have their own objective or they won't continue being the allies of humanity or the allies of, you know, whatever Ritsuko and, and Gendo are doing. And then they say that if Rei and Shinji ever learn the secret of the Avas, they'd probably never forget of us. Mm. Um, and it's interesting that they don't mention Asuka. They leave her out of that. So that's implying that either she knows the secret already or that somehow it's something that's more personal to Rei and Shinji. And maybe she's so wrapped up in her pilot job and whatever that yeah. she just won't care. She's, she she's care not even about like a it. human. Like, who cares what she thinks? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. She's a redhead. Yeah. Don't worry about <laughs> no it. Soul. No not soul. Not important. <laughs> so we get our last scene of Ray moonlighting as a nurse again. Apparently, she's the only one who's allowed to administer medical procedures to Shinji. I don't understand why this is happening. She obviously has much more important things to do. Ray says one thing that betrays that she has like, you know, she cares about Shinji at least somewhat because she says, oh, you're feeling better or you're, oh, you're awake. I'm glad to see that. And then we see that Asuka is waiting outside the door trying to get Shinji's condition. So we also see that Asuka's feelings about Shinji are changing, you know? Uh, I thought she was just being a little snoop. Oh, I mean, maybe. Maybe she was like, if he dies, I'll be the best again. (laughs) And that because there will only be two of us, mm. so that's not really saying a lot. Uh, yeah, no, I I thought that it was a mix of both. To be honest, I thought she was being nosy, but also she kind of cared a little bit, and that's why she looked so embarrassed when they found her. Because I feel like if it was just her being nosy and with as like feisty as she is, like if someone had caught her eavesdropping, she would have just been like, "Yeah, it was eavesdropping." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think it's more of the like embarrassed that someone mm. realized that she might have feelings at all that don't involve herself. Yeah. And I guess Shinji kind of laughs and smiles after he sees that. So maybe that is he's also interpreting that of like oh she like cares too. Mm. Like it's like these people do actually care about me even though one of them like never says anything to me and the other one just like berates me incessantly i mean like people people that i really truly love i tell them that i hate them all the time Mm. so i feel like that's probably what it is you're an oscar yeah alex can attest that i tell him i hate him like probably every week (laughs) does that mean you really truly love me oh (laughs) don't god people are gonna listen to this and they're gonna be like oh tanya has emotions that that, that won't stay in the show (laughs) well 
I got a rep to protect, man. You wrote this thing about how Shinji can't stop smelling blood and that that's very Shakespearean. Yeah, it's like Lady Macbeth. She's like, I can't, Lady Macbeth can't clean the blood off of her hands, right? And Shinji can't stop smelling it. It's like he can't mm. get out. Now that he knows he's been kind of in a womb-like apparatus in the plug, now he can't get that out of his mind. He can't stop smelling it. Out damn spot. Oh, also, maybe the whole city just smells like blood now because it was showered. (laughs) And also because several people probably died, but we don't care. We don't care. That's fine. (laughs) It's fine. Their fault. Capitalism does not care. That's true. I wonder if we're going to get like a cool new crater where that shadow was, like if that's going to come up in later episodes. Oh, I hope so. That would be awesome. We get to the end of the episode and... I'm happy to report that the next time on, one of the few times, it does not say come back for lots more fan service. So this is one of the winner end of episodes. And we see that there's going to be a new Ava coming to town. And we see that Toji is shooting some baskets. So maybe it'll have something to do with Toji. They're like, who's going to be the pilot? (laughs) We're just going to show you like three shots of Toji who like hasn't been a character for like weeks. That's kind of the episode, Uh, a real nail biter. Oh my gosh, Tanya, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, it has been great. Yeah, thanks for having me and letting me spout my feminist views on anime and video games and whatever. Uh, It was really cool to uh, watch an episode cold of a show I've never seen. Um, And I wasn't like too terribly confused about most of it. It was pretty straightforward. But yeah, it was it was cool. It was cool to be on and talking about it. Yeah, you're so awesome. Uh, <laughs> we need as many feminists on this podcast to counteract the yeah, fans. My my blatant misogyny. Really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, in they're really hard. I mean, honestly, Ben, Alex was like, yo, the misogyny <laughs> is getting bad with Ben. Can you please come on? No. <laughs> this is actually um, an yeah. intervention. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about this, Ben. You are feeling, no, I'm just kidding. Honestly, if you ever need anyone who wants to point out, like, the flaw of the patriarchy and toppling capitalism please feel free to invite me to anything you will be on every episode now <laughs> we'll see you next week uh, okay we've been asking people for recommendations it doesn't necessarily have to be an anime it can just be something this reminded you of or just something that you want to plug in general uh, let's see let's see let's i guess see. a tv show probably i've been watching a lot of tv so i'm trying to like parse through it this isn't, I don't know, this isn't like really anime related or anything, but it is another cartoon that I've enjoyed. Normally I would plug Steven Universe. And Steven! But um, I'm sure that that's already been brought up. So Regular Show is a show that I've been into recently. Um, and it's like Steven Universe, it is very short. It's like 10, 12 minute episodes, but it's just a lot of random occurrences. And every episode I kind of ask myself, what was the acid budget for this show? <laughs> because it's, even though it's on Cartoon Network and it's like like a maybe a 14 rating, if that, uh, it's a zany comedy with uh, a bird and a raccoon who are friends and they, you know, get into lots of trouble. Where the like, one episode recently, they babysat for death and his baby. <laughs> That's probably my favorite episode so far. But yeah, so that's that's kind of what I've been on recently. I've seen some of it. I thought the the title of the show was brilliant because the first half of each episode oh, yeah. actually is quite regular. And then it yeah. goes off the rails like seven minutes in. Oh, yeah. Like it always starts with them playing video games or just at the coffee shop or something. And then something insane happens. And that's, I love it. Awesome. Oh, I just wanted to ask, do you have any upcoming theater projects? Anything you're excited about or anything you're planning for? So most stuff in California is still shut down for the questionable foreseeable future. But something that I was supposed to do this season was I was going to direct my first show. And it was going to be Romeo and Juliet, but it was going to be a lesbian love story with Romeo and Juliet both being women. And it was going to be set in the South. And it was going to be basically you know, the family's using the feud as a not so subtle veil of to cover their homophobia of their two daughters being lesbians. Um, but unfortunately, with COVID, that got 
push to next season. So hopefully we'll do it uh, next season. And it was supposed to be this June, which is pride month. And we're hoping to do it next June. And with it, we're going to have some like suicide prevention outreach. And uh, we're partnering with an LBGTQ teen organization so that we can have literature and resources and stuff. Because unfortunately, I'm going to be a downer for a second. Unfortunately, um, Teen suicide is a big deal in America, and uh, teens who are on the rainbow flag are a number of times more likely to try to commit suicide, and then those whose families don't accept them are at an even greater risk. And so my whole concept was built around bringing that to the forefront and presenting materials to audience members and whatever that, if they're in that situation, could help. Hopefully that'll happen. (laughs) It's an important subject, a troubling one, and... Maybe we'll get some people to listen and they'll be in California next June. Yeah. Yeah. Come see it. Yeah. And if you are thinking about suicide or know someone who is, you can always call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1 800 273 8255. Oh, yeah. I think uh, September is Suicide Prevention Month, too. So this actually coincides pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) We just got to. Get all those back yeah, episodes uploaded. I think I can uploaded. get them edited before the <laughs> right? month is out if we can get them uploaded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll get there. And is there anything you want to plug? Oh, yeah. Actually, my uh, my main theater company is Silicon Valley Shakespeare. Um, we are currently doing a donation drive because our entire season was canceled due to COVID. And additionally, even if we had been able to have this season, it would have been canceled due to the California wildfires because we are an outdoor theater company. So we're currently doing a little fundraiser. So yeah, if you want to support some art and make sure that we're allowed to continue for next year, Mm -hmm. and therefore that's the company that's going to be putting on my Romeo and Juliet. So if you want to try to support them, it's Silicon Valley Shakespeare, and we would just absolutely be grateful for literally anything. Uh, okay. And then how can people find us, Ben? Uh, so you can email us at penpenpalspod at gmail.com. I think our Twitter is also penpenpalspod, but I always forget. Um, and you can leave us a five-star review. And if you do, we'll uh, read it out on a future podcast. So we can do the Pen Pen Pals sign-off uh, where Alex will say pen... I will say pen. If you will join us, Tanya, by saying pals, then we will all say pot. Yeah. <laughs> is, this a, is, this our, is this our cult champ? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. <laughs> and then you can never leave. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Alex knows, Alex knows that I want to be a cult leader, so this is totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Make more money as a leader, but you have more yeah. fun as a follower. Sure do, Creed Bratton. Sure do. <laughs> Pen. Pen. Pal. Pod. Pod.